How do I start? You're like, hi everyone. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Minute Women Podcast. My name is Grace. And I say I'm Linnea. And I'm Linnea. And I'm Linnea. I literally was Every like, time. what do I say? <laughs> this is a podcast dedicated to telling the bigger stories behind those iconic Canadian heritage minutes. They smell burnt toast. Dr. burnt toast. Johnson, sir. Molly Johnson. Leave my baskets back. He'll need his baskets back. And a bunch of other weird stuff. Right. I dragged my ass out of bed for this picture. On Mondays, it's gonna be Margarita Mondays. Nationwide. Maybe I'm just repressed, but I'm comfortable in my repression. And feel that reciprocated enjoyment. enjoyment. Oh my god! It's like we're friends or something. Tune in each and every Wednesday for a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our website, minutewomenpodcast.ca. You can find all of our contact information and social media channels so you don't miss a single thing. Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. It has been a hot minute. Well, a week. Two weeks. Has been a hot two weeks. I've but a cold two weeks because it's wintertime. Cold so. and rainy and gross and terrible. All of those things. But hot minute. <laughs> um, and this an intro is a special one. Because it is your birthday oh, on the day that this birthday. comes out. Happy birthday, me. Happy birthday. I'm not going to sing. Sorry. Happy birthday <laughs> uh, to me. Happy birthday to producer Sarah. Thanks. How does it feel to be? How, how old are you? I'm 52. <laughs> but how old are you really? 32. 32. Yeah. How are I'm you feeling? Really, yeah. I mean... We're recording this a couple days away from your birthday, but um, this is coming out on your birthday. So how are you feeling at this age now? I'm, I'm sure I'm fine because <laughs> I'm with my mom right now and we're probably eating tacos. Mm. Yeah, so because I did notice and I and I always make note when this happens because I go, uh oh, uh oh, is the girl going through something when she changes her profile picture to a picture from seven years ago? <laughs> Was it seven years ago? Well, I saw it. Was, I think it was around seven, six or seven years ago. It was like 2016 or something around there. I just really liked my makeup. <laughs> I was like, you look really young. Like at first I didn't, I didn't recognize you. I was like, holy shit. No, yeah, I just like my makeup. <laughs> it was really cute. You should recreate it. On your- I might, maybe, I don't know how to do my makeup like that. I could try Actually, to do your makeup. I know how to like contour like that now. Well, happy birthday. Thanks. And welcome to the, well, you, you've been in your 30s I've for a bit. For two years. You, you made it another year, baby. Yay. You did it. I feel like turning 30 is weird <coughs> because I turned 30 during a pandemic. Like, 
in 2020. It's a weird like so I haven't like marker of the era. Like, yeah, so that your 30s been, started in a pandemic. I feel like I haven't been able to celebrate my 30s the way I want to. If that makes any sense. Like I wanted to go on a trip and like I wanted to go to Disneyland. Oh, you've or, like, lost left of your 30s though. Yeah, I know I'm getting old, man. But just do the thing that all white women do when they're struggling with age. Just go, 32 is the new 22. <laughs> 35, or, 35 is the new 25. That's how I'm going to live my life on my birthday. I'm going to pretend that I'm 25. 35 is the new 25. So, <laughs> Or just change your profile pic to when you were 26. <laughs> I just, I had to ask because that's what, exactly what I do when I'm like longing for youth as I go back through old I pictures. Well, I was just like, my makeup looks great. And I didn't realize it was five years ago, so I'm going to have to change that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, just why did she age? I think it's fine. Okay, well, it's... Th- you do you. Just don't put on a dating app or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is me at 26. I can't show you who I am now. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're back on the podcast, and um, I actually have a voicemail this week to play. Um, from someone who sent in a voicemail before. He is a longtime listener, I guess, second time caller in this case. Uh, so we have a voicemail from Mr. Jim Temple. Are we ready? I've been ready. You've been, you were born ready? I was born ready. Um, I listened to this once and I almost forget what it is. So here we cool. go. Jim Temple. Hey, Sarah's uh, Jim here. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, huge uh, fan of the podcast, really. So much so uh, that my, my wife gets a little a uh, little bit jealous uh, sometimes, um, my wife. But um, so uh, she 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 left me recently. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the whole rigmarole. I'm trying to get her back. Right. I know she's a big fan of uh, Polysporn. And their products, you know, I'm looking online right now at some of their, uh, you know, she, uh, they got the uh, Polysporn uh, Complete uh, ointment, you know, three antibiotics in one. She's also a big fan of the original ointment, the two antibiotics uh, with the, the vitamin E enriched ointment. Um, you know, they got the urine infection juice. I might, I might, I might even get her some of the kids cream, not the ointment, the kids cream. Um, so, uh, but you know gosh I, i'm looking on amazon some of these prices 35 dollars, right um for for the whole <laughs> to get it to your doorstep and she was the breadwinner in the family if i'm being quite honest so um it's it's making me wonder i got a question for you uh how do you know when it's worth it to try and get someone back <laughs> <laughs> anyways keep making that great content love voicemails oh, like that they give me so much ride. life what a wild ride i i was hoping that he was gonna ask our like hot takes on like creams and stuff because i mean i've i've gone down that road many times i've had many many things that i've needed multiple creams for including yeah. yeast infections and stuff yeast infections yeah do you know that i got yeast infections like on my body like, you can you can get them anywhere that's insane you can get them anywhere. I had to get an ointment for that. Let's normalize yeast infections. On your feet, <laughs> on your breasts, <laughs> on your everything. <laughs> so what was the question? It was, it was, how do you know? If it's worth it to win someone back. To win someone back. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, how do you know when it's worth it to win someone <laughs> I back? I think if she has a laundry list of creams that she likes and high expectations 
for stuff like that. Maybe not. I think that not be if she's it. into polysporin, probably not because polysporin is so 1990. Is there like a modern version? Polyesque? <laughs> is that a thing? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think now the days the kids just call it poly. Listen, and you still it's still an ointment that you use for your wounds. What's that old phrase? I think it's in many songs. Um, if you lose something you love and it comes back, it's yours. Is that the phrase? Oh, I think it's if you if you let something go and it comes back at yours. There yours. it is. If you let something go and it comes back. But okay. which I think <laughs> I think that's a sham, yo. <laughs> Sounds kind of rapey. <laughs> oh my god, that's just like my no. joke, except it's another, it's another <laughs> like kind of aspect of it. Like that's just you're just being very um you gotta ask for consent to come back. You, you can't just, you come, just back. come back. No. Plus, like, what's a problematic? If phrase. I let my bird go, that that bird's not coming back. You know. I so think, how do you know? Yeah. Wait, what is the actual phrase? Because I feel you, like if you love what? something, let it set it free. If it comes back, it's yours. Is it not? Is there a um? Is there a song that that phrase is in? If it comes back, it's yours. That's how you know. What song is that? I think you're just freestyling. No, 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 no. <laughs> if it comes, hang on. This is now I'm on a train. What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera, <laughs> bitches. What part of the song is that in? There was a time I was blind. I was so confused. Oh, Run away just to hide it out from you. Yeah, but girl. baby, you knew me better. Oh. Then yeah. I knew myself. I want to thank you. That's the same song. For <laughs> yeah. giving me the time, time to, to breathe. breathe. They say if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it's yours. That's how you know. It's free. Christina Aguilera said it, everybody. I, you know what? If you really love someone, try once, I think. Try once to get them back and then stop. But I think if mm. you don't try... You'll never know. You'll well, number one, you'll never know, but it'll you'll always want to have tried. Yeah. You I know? think you should give someone, well, depending on the situation, a second chance. Because you just never know. Sometimes it's just not right timing. Sometimes no third chances. No third chances. No fourth chances. That's we're over that. It's 2022. We're not doing that no more. We are not doing that anymore. So yeah. We hope that helped, Jim. Um, and I hope that you keep on using polysporin, even though it's so 1990. And now, anytime I need polysporin or any type of antibiotic cream, for whatever reason, you know, uh, anything, doesn't have to be yeast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try, uh, I'm going to double check Amazon for prices. That's probably a good idea. Or you can ask Jim's wife. Mm. Get, get me her info, She bitch. probably has all the hot deals. Yes. <laughs> You can send in your voicemails. Uh, you can also fill out the anonymous form. Ooh, maybe we should check that really quick. Oh, yeah, we have one of those. We have one of those. We have an anonymous form where you can type and write oh. your question, rant, yeah. story, whatever. And you can be anonymous or you can be named if you just didn't want to leave a voicemail. Mm. It is up to you, but it is another. You do you, boo? It's another option for you. Literally a new submission. So we have to tackle this now, I guess. Oh, no. What happens? do you think about this whole Spotify Rogan slash COVID slash young 
slash Mitchell thing. I don't know the Young and Mitchell thing. Oh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. Oh, I got you. <laughs> I was like, I got who, you. Who, what, you what are my thoughts? Okay, it's going to be hard for me to like articulate my thoughts in a short period of time. I don't. Okay. Okay. Sarah, we're not going to get canceled. We're not going to get canceled on episode 223. We're going to phrase things. <laughs> um, <laughs> very <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. So I was like to leave. <laughs> like, please say this I right. I do not agree with anything you're about to say. <laughs> All right, anything I'm about to say is not necessarily producer Sarah's thoughts. They're more my thoughts. Um, I think if you very personally feel better leaving a platform because that's how strongly you feel about someone you're, you hate, do it. Um, I don't think of all people in the world deplatforming or like removing Ro- like if Spotify kicked, uh, Rogan off Spotify, he just fought another platform. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he's like, I don't need you Spotify. You need me. So his insane reach is enough to keep him floating yeah um so i i'm not gonna hold spotify accountable for like like i'm keeping my podcast on spotify like i just am um as for anyone who wants to remove themselves you do you boo boo you do whatever you need to do out there you do you boo boo um i would encourage people to listen to both videos both apology videos he did in fall listen to them all and listen to what he's saying because anyone who hates him um people really love to hate joe rogan they really really, it's their favorite really love to hate him and then there's idiots that love him so much that it's also insane it's really one way or the other for him i don't think so i think there's a lot of people in the middle and a lot of a lot of i I think a lot of listeners would be in the middle um Mm. sam harris did uh, a really good, like one of his podcasts, talking all about this, the everything about it. And he was talking about specifically his apologies, Joe Rogan's apologies, and how they were as good as any apology could get. Because number one, he admitted accountability. Mm-hmm. Number two, he said, what can I do to improve? Okay, so I will have more different experts on i will be more well researched going into these podcasts because he wasn't and he admitted to not being well researched um when recording i mean the guy does like picture what we do with intoxicated but like three times a week yeah or like three or four times a week like plus he does like three to four hour episodes doesn't he yeah like it's insane it's insane So he admitted, I'm not always prepared going into these things. And these long conversations don't always allow for, like, the most eloquent, thought-out answers. Well, yeah. So I thought, yeah, that first apology video was a good one. I totally get people... I get that people who hate him are just going to hate him. And there's nothing... There's nothing that can be done to change anyone's mind. In which case, you do you. Don't delete your Spotify. Don't listen to him. Move on! (laughs) You know? like. You have on. Full, that's an option, bro. You have full capability of just going, I don't like Joe Rogan. I'm not going to listen. And if, you know, if you want to save the 10 bucks a month and get off Spotify, See do ya. it. Do it. If that makes you feel happy. Um, the second one, do, do you know all about the second apology? Oh, okay. What's he apologizing for? So 
So now that there's a head hunt for him, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Everyone wants to just try to get him deplatformed. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, a compilation video came out came out of him essentially all the times so he said the N-word on Oops. his podcast. Um, which were all from like a long time ago. I mean, his podcast has been around. Jesus for Christ. I don't know when it started. Time. At least 12 years ago, if yeah. not more. Yeah. Um, and did a compilation video. And he that second apology video um again accountability he also said that a lot of the and this is not an excuse but he said a lot of the times that he said it he was talking about the word not saying the word you still i totally totally and this is why i'm saying it's not an excuse um but what i am saying it was a different time that's true yeah so we have to put everything in context of things have changed and language has changed and now um in this current moment he is recognizing, even in context, that was wrong of me to say. Even if you did listen to the full episode, you know, he, mm. he admitted that. He's like, yeah, even in context, it was bad. Oh. But again, accountability. Yeah. This is my thing about, I feel like people who are truly racist, um, truly in it to say, literally, white people are better than black people. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Would not take accountability and would not be as sincere and honest in their apology. Mm. So that's just something to think about. And that's just my opinion. Um, those are kind of my thoughts. He's going to be, he's going to recover from this. Um, He'll be, fine. I'm still going to listen to him. Joe Rogan doesn't get canceled if he hasn't got canceled yet. <laughs> and if you're, if you're, if you're like, if you're going to come for me because I listen to the top podcaster in the world, you have to realize that this is my, what I want for a career. So yeah. I can't do this as a career and not at least sort of be educated on what he does, yeah. you know, or appreciate it. To appreciate some, it to some, in- to some level, because another good point a lot of people made was he is actually doing a better job at um trying to what's the word that i'm looking for fox news for example they have an agenda yeah they only show one side most times or they sway it in their direction yeah rogan on the other hand has scientists on from all different areas yeah and three-hour conversations that are here you go this is it which is almost better than what the news is doing and it's a lot of the reasons why (laughs) people take his stuff so seriously yeah which there's a downside to that of course but that's why they do it right because he has such an array of guests and sides and sides that are not always his side not everybody can do that not everybody can be in a conversation and be curious and ask legit questions Mm. without letting their personal bias come in exactly yeah so whew I really there you pop- go. I really popped off, but you, I just but you got through it. I just had to. I'm so proud of you. And I'm disappointed in the compilation. I'm disappointed in that side of things. But like I said, he apologized. I liked his apology. I thought mm. it was very human. I think as humans, we have to allow people to fuck up yep. and change. But that's the thing. As now. long like as there's people, account- accountability. Yeah, people don't allow people to fuck up these days. Even if they, they don't have accountability, which is so frustrating. Because it's like, do you ever fuck up? Sir. And that's the thing, right? The thing is, if you thought about the worst thing you've ever done in your life, the the thing in your life that's like, I was my ugliest self in this moment. Imagine if that got exposed to all the people you love and, and, and the world. Yeah. 
You would have to then come forward and go, Oops. I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. I I was not. I, I was not my best self. I was not my best self. And you'd have to take I accountability and have a plan to get better. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. And his apologies. And we will see if he follows through. Follows through with that. It's one thing to say it, but yeah. One thing to say it. And I'm curious, me personally, um, I'm curious to see how he changes going forward. If it's going to affect his cadence, if it's going to affect Mm-hmm. stuff um so i'm curious to see let's see what you got rogan let's see let's see what you got <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i really popped off but thanks for the question i'm actually kind of honored that someone asked me that yeah because I, I did want to talk about it but I, I wasn't sure when or how well here we are <laughs> winning and howling so <laughs> Record scratch. I have another point to add. Any comics coming out making fun of or being wildly against what's happening would 100% do his podcast if they got asked. So I'm just saying. Very true. I'm just saying. Correct. And that's all I'll say on that. (laughs) And we're ending for real this time. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, we're going to get into this week's episode. Uh, Yeah. This week we have a guest who's been doing comedy for over 20 years, which is crazy. And so it was a dang honor to have an award winning comedian. Very, very funny. Mr. Peter Anthony. Yeah. Woohoo. On the podcast. Now, I don't actually like know him that well when I asked him to come on. I had only met him a couple times, seen him do stand up a couple times as well. But like I knew I wanted to talk to him. I was very intrigued. Yeah. And he came on the podcast right before doing Yuck Yucks, which was phenomenal, by the way. He totally killed. I mean, he won't think he killed, but I think he killed. Compared to what he's used to. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what he's used to and his expectations. Um, but I will say I very much so enjoyed the show and it was a really cool experience. Uh, and I actually got to sit kind of in the crowd to watch it because Francois oh. moved. We were sitting like by like backstage, but like where you can see the stage. Yeah. They moved us to like kind of like a table. Like we were in the crowd, but like kind of off to the side towards oh, the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really good. So we got to watch the whole show. Fun. And I sat out. I made sure to not go in the green room because I knew if I went in the green room, I would not listen and I would just yammer away with Dan and Claire and Travis and Catherine. That was the gang backstage. What a fun game. Right? So like I knew I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. So I'll I'll just be too distracted. (laughs) But it was a great show and such a great episode so we really get to know peter and he has some like a lot of really interesting insights into things he's actually like two years sober like very soon very soon officially two years to hear about very interesting perspective we went on rants about social media Mm-hmm. Very honest rants. Very, very honest. Yep. Very honest. But it was great. I loved it. Was it was fun. Yeah. I loved it. It was such a good conversation. So, yeah, it was a, it was a dang honor to talk to him. And, yeah. like I said, he's a killer. And, like, 
even when I talk to people who I consider killers, they mention his name. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big deal that we have this guy in the podcast. So you got to check Peter Anthony out. If you do get a chance to see him on a show, please do follow him on Instagram. His handle is Peter is funny underscore IG. And he is at Peter is funny on Twitter. So please do follow him. And it's good to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah. I wish I could tell you if I knew we were switching back to weekly or not, but I haven't decided yet. So we, we don't know. We so just don't know. I'll say this: we have another episode recorded, and I, we hope we have a list of very attainable guests. Uh, so it could be switching back to weekly very, very soon. I'll admit that I like weekly more because it makes me less lazy. I just I slack too much when I have too much time. Mm, that off. makes sense. Yeah. So hope to be back weekly very soon. Uh, please leave us a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts because that would really help us out. Subscribe everywhere you find podcasts, including Spotify. Yeah, we're on there too. We're on there too and no intentions of leaving Spotify like some podcasters are. No intentions. None. Not a one. (laughs) Not a one. (laughs) But guys, we're going to get to this week's episode it's fucking awesome you're gonna love it so please enjoy this week's episode with a very funny very smart intelligent peter anthony really trying to take them down it's, it's funny to watch oh yeah. yeah it's it's like they're going after him so bad it's, they're, they're just going to be completely unsuccessful yeah because he's he's literally doing what every single interviewer should do just talk to yes. talk to whomever and then kind of try to understand and come up with ideas he's not he doesn't have an agenda he's not alt-right or whatever they want to brand him as because, you know, I, I listen to a lot of his stuff and I listen, like, I'll listen to Rogan and I'll also listen to Michael Moore's podcast. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'll listen to Sam Harris, but then I'll also listen to someone that on this side or... I, I, but I like people that don't have sides, quote-unquote, so... Yeah. I prefer that, but I mean, generally everyone has a side now, so you have to sort of listen to everything and then sort of make up your own mind. Yeah, it just feels like he's like one of the only people who talks to different points of view Mm -hmm. um, for the amount of time that he does, too. So like all of the context around those like icky conversations, Mm -hmm. they're all there. Yeah. Like there's tons of footage of him going, I fucked up. I messed this up. And he I'm apologizes. A, I'm an idiot. Like he admits to being an idiot. As we all are. Like yeah. he, he's like, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm going to say stuff. If you have podcasts that last three to four hours and you do them three times a week, you're going to say tons of things that you regret. Like it's just the way it goes. Right. I always joke. I'm like, I, I will know that I made it big. When someone finds dirt on me, because I've said some shit on this podcast. Yeah. This podcast has been going for five years. Right, I bet. Yeah. yeah. And when you're a small podcast, you can get away with a lot because you don't have a big listenership. You're, you're pretty right. good at like knowing when to cut stuff out, though. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like you said, there some was stuff, a couple ones. Like also- 
Yeah. Especially with like, because this is like a very much so like a Halifax comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. If if it starts getting into the territory of like talking about certain individuals, huh? I'm like, we should cut that because yeah. yeah. they're probably going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a level of professionalism, you should probably take, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. It. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get into it because we only have an hour with this wonderful guest, but I much appreciate his time. I'm so excited for this. Everybody, please welcome. I called him uh, like uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Anthony. And I said, but you turned that down. Yeah, real I said hard. there's there's no myth and there's definitely no legend. But <laughs> I I will accept that I'm a man. OG maritime comedian, could I say? Yeah, one of those. I would o- say early, OG? early. No, yeah. OG depending on which area you look at. But I started uh, trying to do stand up in the late '90s here in Halifax when there was no comedy club. Holy no place fuck. to do it. I would ask bands to open for them. I had some buddies that were in a band and I would say, can I go on before you guys and try to do stand up? So they'd let me do that. There was a sketch Shit. troupe called Birdie Num Num that oh. played uh, at a place called the Velvet Olive once a month. And I begged them to let me go on uh, in front of them one night. Uh, I would, And I, I, I begged the casino to let me do a comedy night there one night. So I was kind of trying to put a put a, a career together piecemeal out here, which was impossible. So I ended up leaving, like I told you before we which is started fair. recording. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. I have a thousand questions. But guys, it's Peter Anthony. He's here. Welcome Thank to you. the podcast. Pleasure. I reached out randomly to you and I was like, you want to do my weird podcast? Sure. <laughs> I like weirdness. And you're at Yuck Yucks tonight, which is a comedy club here in Halifax. But uh, so you started... When there were, there was nothing. There wasn't, there was no, there was no scene. There, there were people, obviously there's, it's Nova Scotia. So one of every two people you meet is a performer of some kind. Mm. So there was, there was people around who were comedic actors, you know, 22 minutes shot here. So that whole crew was here. There was people, um, you know, that, that had sort of, uh, the bet show was a thing. I don't know if you remember Bet McDonald. She had a sketch show. Okay. So Tim Steves was out here who I've become close friends with oh, through the years. And just, just, so there was things going on, but there was no stand-up scene at all. There was nothing less than nothing. So I got to know then what was it like? So you must've been heavily influenced by people you saw on like TV and stuff like that. Right. That's kind of what sparked the, the interest. Like, were you always a funny kid? Yeah. and What, fan. what, what made you like, be like, I'm going to do this here and I'm going to start it here. Sure. So fan of comedy growing up, you know, always interested in it. It was something that you don't even consider to be a possibility like show business. You don't even think about when you grew up in a place like Picto, right? It's just, (laughs) it's just not a, not an option for a life. (laughs) It's just something that happens out in the world and you watch it and like, I really enjoy this, but you're not thinking of a connection to it for a living. So then uh, when I went to Acadia, I went, I I attended Acadia. I met some guys that were kind of like-minded and one of these guys had uh, a father that ran the local access station in New Glasgow. Uh, so he asked his dad if he could have a TV show that summer. So we developed a, a sketch comedy TV show that ran for eight episodes on Bragg Communications, which then eventually turned into Eastlink. Whoa! Yeah, so we had our own show called Five at the Door, and I was one of the five. And then, of course, when that disbanded, I had no other access to performing. So I decided, well, I'll try stand up because I'm on my own now. And that's mm. around the time, late 90s, when I started uh, fooling around the Halifax is, area. Is this sketch show it exists. anywhere to watch? It exists on uh, VHS somewhere. 
Viesha at some like value village somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> kicking around. Yeah. I'm going to look for that when I go thrift shopping tomorrow. Yeah. You might find to see uh, that. That's crazy. The odd thing might pop up on YouTube from time to time, but it's sort of stuff we've buried from the past, you know? That's wild. Yeah. And the guy, the guys I was with that I did it with have real careers now. So they don't want that stuff going onto YouTube. You know, they don't want that out there. It could like destroy their world. So not, not in comedy careers. Like they, they're they not do, involved with comedy at all. They do other things, now. other things. Yeah. And they're like, let's put that to bed. Yeah. They but. don't want that out there. And you know, also just, uh, late nineties, different time, you know, when you're creating yeah. like visual media, it's just, we're, we're doing stuff that would never fly now anyway. So holy shit. Yeah. Wow's. And it was all dudes. We had no girls. You know what I no mean? No girls allowed. It was just like five straight white dudes doing sketch comedy in the late nineties. <laughs> like this stuff is not going to be enjoyed in the modern landscape. Sounds lovely. So it should stay buried on VHS in a box in my dad's basement. That's what I'm saying. Have you ever gone back and watched it? At sure. All? Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen, I mean, I don't have a VCR anymore, but but <laughs> you want one for the I kids? Have one. Yeah, I'm, I'm shopping for VCRs, guys. Later, so I feel like we should explain what a VCR is for any uh, kids listening. It's a, a video cassette recorder. Video cassette recorder, and you put in this big tape thing with film into it and you can play and rewind and fast forward. Um, but anytime you ha- you were done with a VHS, you, you always had to rewind it. You had to be kind remember- and rewind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before returning it. I yeah, remember that the, was the a fact thing. That, the fact that kids now, if they want movies, I mean, they're clicking on their TV on Netflix. Yeah. Like we used to physically go to a giant store that was about 3,000 square feet covered in VHS tapes on the walls and select one to watch that evening. I I miss Blockbuster. I miss... So I grew up in Anaganesh. My condolences. Hell. (laughs) Yeah. It's a rival town of Picto. You know that. I know. Because I need to bring this up somehow. Uh, The connection to... Because Picto, like New Glasgow was like where we would go on weekends. To watch the movies? To go to the movies. And go to the mall yep. and go to Swish LA. Oh, wow. Those the three things. Really. Literally, like that would be what what would be considered like a fun road trip for us. And those are the only three things you can do in New Glasgow, by the way. That's it. Those are the three. You, you got to hit them all if you're coming in from Anaganish. Swish LA and the Wendy's. I guess we, there was a while in Anaganish we didn't have a Wendy's. Actually, I don't know if we do have a Wendy's there. Dangerous drive through Barney's River there. You got to be careful. A lot of car crashes. Yeah, bad, bad And like uh, Marshy Hope. Yeah, they're just twinning it now because I, I went to Cape Breton this summer and I saw they're twinning it finally. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like it only took like 8,000 accidents before in Nova Scotia. Oh, we should twin that thing. All right, let's get to her. Yeah, it feels like a lot of, a lot of accidents happen there. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> but I remember the video store in Anaganesh was called Pioneer Video. And it, this was before Blockbuster came. <laughs> like this was like a little video store. Yeah, floor to ceiling VHSs. There was one little corner room that was all porn. Oh, sure. And, and it had B curtains. You had to enter through the B curtains. But you could see the person's shoes or sneakers that was in the that yes. were browsing. So later on, you might run into them downtown. You're like, I know that pervert. I recognize your sneakers. Yeah. You're in church. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I saw you. I saw your Brooks sneakers. Underneath the counter, underneath the curtain. I saw the, your Nikes Air at Force At the video ones. store. <laughs> you can't hide those. Yeah, you just, you rented Ass Blaster 7. <laughs> I know those sneakers. Ass Blaster 7. <laughs> Truly, that was such a, 
a time to like go and browse and you, you do the whole process to watch something. And like nowadays it's just ugh, it's not as good. I, I agree. I mean, that was part of the date. The the d- dating a girl was going and picking the movie. That was part of the date, the selection of the movie. Yes. Sometimes it was the most interesting part of the date where you have these conversations. Do you like this? Do you like that? You get to know. Find out what person. genres they like. Absolutely. Yeah. What they've seen, what they haven't seen. And then you do you generally what I would do. My move was like, I'll pick one. You pick one. You know what I mean? Mm. That was the, that was the go to. So then you have three hours of a date. Three, a three watch. hour video session, which means you get the girl on the couch for three hours, which gives you a lot of time to make moves. <laughs> that's a three hour window. You know what I mean? That's a that's a good amount of time. To, that is actually a good idea. Usually at about minute 18, the blanket gets over. It comes over yeah. in, into this into this. You know what I mean? Here comes the blanket. The popcorn's in the crotch. Yeah, it's all trick. happening. It was a good time. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the funny. 90s, man. It was the best. The 90s. Pre-social media. We had the internet, but it was pre-social media. Like, and the internet was even in its infancy, but it was still happening. It was exciting. Oh, this new thing is among us. So we can connect with anybody. But it was before social media, which kind of ruined the world. Yes, it so did. to speak. Uh, and relationships and dating and and Everything. news and like it, it it destroyed the human experience. Is what I'm saying. Social media. So, but before social media, the internet was very exciting. Do you yeah. remember your first experience with dial-up and? Ugh. So we had like a Commodore. Actually, no, the first computer we had was mm-hmm. the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't know. Like that thing had these like really old school games on it. And I just and I remember when we got the Internet, we had that the dial up thing that. Yeah. Dial up mode. The sound that's forever entrenched in our I, minds. I dream about that sound sometimes. I was like, I miss you. How you you, you miss that sound? Sometimes. It's like just, it sounded like a tiny monster being choked. It to was death. beautiful. <laughs> It was so beautiful. You know what I mean? The fact is, is the world needs more. What's the word? We had to be patient to get those things back then. You had to develop a patience to wait for things like the Internet. And kids don't have that now. (laughs) No, they really don't. (laughs) I'd say the human brain. I would I would even say kids. I, I think the human brain has been completely changed because of social media and and smartphones and our attention span. Our brains have been rewired basically because of these things. So it's just the way life is now. It's unfortunate. And we, we did it before we even thought about what the fallout or the outcome was going to be. So now we're just in the middle of an experiment and we don't know what the end game is yet. And the people that invented it don't even know. All they know is they've done some damage. No idea. It's like cigarettes, right? Like the people that invented cigarettes, just started selling cigarettes. Like, Maybe they knew a little things. bit. Maybe they knew that cigarettes were ah, it's probably bad to suck smoke inside your body. Like the like who <laughs> that's probably not gonna be a good thing. So they're probably like, this probably isn't that gonna be that good, but let's just sell them on mass. And they do it. And so you're in the middle of this experiment, and then of course, decades later it comes out, it's killing all our grandparents. So this is what's gonna happen with social media too, and the and the phones, probably in 15, 20 years, it's going to come out that we've done permanent brain damage to all to all of our uh, all of our all of ourselves, all of our emotions are messed up. Like so, this stuff will come out, and then these companies will be sued, and you know, bada boom, bada bing. Yeah, it is truly insane. Like, there's rehabs for phone addiction. Oh, for sure, it's it's up there now with everything else. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I I I admit that I have a phone. Like, I'm just attached to this thing. Is it phone attached. addiction or is it social media addiction? Though? 
Because you're not addicted to your phone. You're addicted to the scrolling and you're addicted to the... Uh, yeah, definitely social media. To the endorphins that the, the scrolling gives you, right? You're right. Like if this thing didn't have apps on it, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like playing solitaire on my If phone. it was just the weather app, you wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, I, I, can't get, I can't get enough of <laughs> just, what's going I, on in I Fredericton. I love looking at the weather. <laughs> yeah. Just, just favorite. refreshing the weather. Like <laughs> I do that constantly. It's my favorite thing to do. Uh, and it's just a bunch of horse shit too, because all no one, no one, hardly anyone is putting online uh, like normal or bad stuff about themselves. So all you see is everyone else's highlights, and then you're comparing it to your behind the scenes, which is not fair. Yeah. So you have this false comparison of what a human life is like. It's very, very toxic. It's so damaging. It, I mean, it's damaging for me, and I'm a 44 year old adult male. Yeah, like I can't imagine. A, uh, like a, a 13, a young, 14 year old girl oh, going yeah. through Instagram. Like this, that's completely going to destroy her life. Influencers and all these models and be like, that's what I'm supposed to look like. And if you think life is supposed to be. I would be keeping that away from my child like a gun. That's oh, how yeah. dangerous that is. Yeah. yeah. If you think about like, like our, like I'm going to be 35. So like my thing when I was a preteen teenager was more so I would say like, the media. So seeing Britney Spears with the flat stomach, stuff like that was very magazines, magazines, 17 magazines. That's when the comparison started. It was, you have to look like this to be considered beautiful. Social media, 10 times worse. Like I, yeah, I can't imagine being young now with social, with Instagram. Yeah. With celebrities is different. Cause you're like, okay, well they're, they're doing something that's making them this way. Like, yes, I, want to look that way because I want to be beautiful but like you almost weren't jealous of their life because they were so much bigger than you if that makes any sense yeah but now with like influencers and stuff like that you're like I could easily be like that and it almost I, I causes... saw this person walking down the street yeah there's a great uh I don't, do you are you a streamer do you stream stuff crave Netflix anything? yeah there's most, a, of, most a, of the above yep. there's a series on crave called fake famous I haven't seen it it is essentially it takes people who are considered micro influencers, a thousand followers, pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they make them sound like they're so, oh, these poor people with a thousand Only to two thousand. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's yeah. So funny. And they actually show them um, ways to do like fake pictures that will get them more followers. So like they took a toilet seat and put it like out the window to make it look like you're in an airplane traveling. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like stuff, like all these really fake ways to make it seem like you're wow. so much cooler. Ugh. That's awful. I haven't watched it yet, but I am, I am fascinated to watch it. Cause like, it's literally actually an experiment. They're like, let's see if these fake pictures will actually make them famous. Yeah. I mean, it's all, <sighs> it's all just a, like I said, it's, it's all just one big experiment that we're in the middle of and we don't know what the outcome's going to be. Unfortunately, we're all subjects of the experiment. We are. And like I said, even the people that are running the experiment have no clue what they're doing. So it's just it's just this snowball going downhill and you know, it's probably going to smash into a giant wall at some point. Um more than likely. Yeah, and it, like I said, I think it's I think it's uh I would keep it away from kids. Uh, it's damaging. Yeah. It's damaging to grown men and grown women. It's it's damaging to everybody. You so. see a baby with an iPad. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, my my two year old nephew went and swiped the the television screen, thinking it was Stop. an iPad. I'm just like, oh my god, he's only like, like when he when he was two and a half, he was swipe trying to swipe the television screen. 
So they, the, the, it's just built, it's built into their brains now, right? Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's dangerous shit. God, do I, do I actually want to have a kid? I don't, I, I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. That's so. a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, that actually, the social media talk t- ties in really nice to my assumption about you because I, I did do some creeping. You're only on Instagram, right? You're not on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. Oh, yep. I gotta find you in there. Um, and I did see some fuck Instagram posts. So my assumption was that you hate <laughs> social media, and I think I'm right. The truth be told, I, truth I, be I told. only got, I only got on Instagram when I moved to Halifax because that's the way all you guys communicate here. <laughs> so all the when I when I first went to the mics in Halifax, I started to meet comedians from this scene, and I knew a few from before, just from you know that would come up to Toronto or whatever. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, man, you got to get on Instagram. That's how we book all the shows and how we do everything and how we communicate mostly. So I, I got on Instagram. That's what, so I, I mostly, that's how I'm on this podcast. Yeah, that is true. That's the only place I could find you though. True. So my, my, my thing is, is like Facebook messenger is my thing for communicating with bookers and shit, but it's all the fucking, it's just all, (laughs) everyone has their platform. Right. I find communication to be taxing these days with people because you find someone you want to communicate with them even with friends i'm like what platform are you most responsive on because gotcha. <laughs> everyone has their platform like my friend vanessa just didn't respond to me for five days on facebook messenger <laughs> and i was just like what way can i talk to you <laughs> She just doesn't use Facebook Messenger. Is that I guess what? she. I guess it had like logged her out or something, and she didn't know, and so she wasn't getting notifications. And I was just like, number one, I'm always checking Facebook Messenger, so like I would never not look at that app long enough to. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm always looking at it, so it's just funny to me. Um, but like what I told you coming in, not a lot of people phone or text. It's always either Facebook Messenger or Instagram DMs. That's probably about it, right? I don't even know your phone number. I don't know her phone number. Yeah, the phone call is a lost art form. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And phone skills, by the way, are skills that work in real life because yes. you have to conversate with people in real life to their face. So when you grow up, <laughs> like in my generation, we grew up talking to girls on the phone, talking to friends on the phone a lot. You know, when you called someone's house, someone else would answer the phone. So you'd have to talk to them before you talk to the person you wanted to call, got mm. on the phone. So you were constantly having these conversations and communicating. Now kids have no idea how to communicate. No it's it's honestly, it's like talking to a potato. <laughs> right, like, you ever talk, try to talk to like a 13, 14 year old kid? Uh, like, look at me. You look at me in my eyes. You, you literally can't. Yeah, it, it's a problem. Like yeah. I said, and it all goes back to what we just talked about. Get these kids, like, honestly, get them out, like socializing and stuff. Because it's, it's crazy, man. Like, you got to... You got to work at that stuff. Yeah, it's it's you, you do. Yeah. And the phone conversation, I find, is one of my favorite things ever that I miss. I just miss talking to people on the phone. You can call me anytime, man. Do you you know talk- what? And I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something, honestly. And I and because I, I, I'm one of these people, people appreciate getting phone calls now. Even if you have to text <laughs> them first and say, can hey, I'd you? love to talk to you just for 10, 20 minutes. Have a conversation. It worked and it makes it. Guess what? When you have a conversation with somebody, you feel better because you actually did connect with them. So people need to talk to one another. It's it's a lost art form. Dating apps now have voice prompts. Oh, that's fun. So like, let's talk. Like Hinge will ask a question on a dating app and men leave 
well, I, females might do it too. I feel like I'm, I'm swiping on straight men, so it's the only one I see, but they can leave voice messages on Hinge in response to certain questions. Oh, so okay. you can actually hear, hear their voice. Hear their voice. Right. Uh, it's also <laughs> really funny because it'll be like, prove that you're musically talented and like you'll just hear them playing like a Dave Matthews song or something. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, so boy. It's like, really helping some guys but really not helping other guys yeah especially if you go with dave matthews like of all the people you could play Oof. yeah uh wow i came across I'll, I'll play it right now actually i came across one recently that guy sounds like a donkey uh that had high i would say like very high incel vibes to this <laughs> this oh, one yeah. right where is it did i say that um, this is a message someone sent you on a dating app. This is so. This is Hinge here. Okay. And I and I just screen recorded me looking at the at the profile. One of the prompts is "Don't hate me if I." And then he responded with "Unmatch you when you take too long to reply." Shrug okay. emoji. And then this was his voice prompt, which said a quick rant about. And I'll play it right now. Sure. Don't match with me if you're just going to waste my time. Like, what's the point in engaging me in conversation over a couple of days, making me think it's going to go somewhere just to up and ghost or unmatch? Like, it just makes you look like a piece of shit. Wow. So He's got a little bit of a strong East Coast accent there, too. Somewhere? Ghost, ghost. <laughs> what, what are you going to do if you ghost me? She freaking ghosted me, boys. When you posted that, Sarah, I thought it was for the podcast and I was very confused. I was like, no. what? No, <laughs> this is just, this I man. just, I'll screen record the ones I find funny. Um, one guy, oh, fuck, it was like, I'm an expert at, and it was just a long pause. And he said, working. It was just one word, one word, working. Expert um, at working. Yeah. It's, mm, it's interesting. It, it's a strange world we live in right now. It's a tough one, man. <laughs> I'm like a woman in her mid thirties. I just, I just want to find someone to like have kids with, you know, at this point. Well, don't start with that now. Don't, do. don't, don't be posting that right away. <laughs> I just, I, I just want to have your babies. Like, I don't know. Ease up on that. I know. Woof, woof, woof. Okay. Yeah. Got to, got to ease into that. Can't yeah. bring that up for a bit. eh? Yeah. How long do I wait till I bring that up with somebody? How many dates is the Three. do I want kids question? Four. Four dates? What do you think? It, oh, it, how long before you reveal that you would want children? Yeah. I mean, the majority of women do want children, so that's that's not a big reveal. Not anymore, though. Really? Not anymore. Well, I, I would... I would say... What do you think, Sarah? Like, I think the the no kids thing is pretty high right now. Yeah. I know a lot of people that don't want to have kids. Number one, the world's going to shit, so no one wants to raise kids. If they have, you, they have climate anxiety, is that why? <laughs> Or they're just end of the world anxiety, maybe a little bit, well, it, uh, maybe. What's the what's the what's the reason women don't want to have kids? No. I think it's the state Money, of the world, financial. but I also think women are far more independent and like career driven these days. Yeah. I think it mostly too? has to do with like being career driven and just like not wanting to take care of another person. That's what Matt leaves you know? for, though. If you're career driven, you can still have babies. You can do it all. You can do. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want. By the way, the bell is a I agree bell. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. It's like, my fries, like, my fries are ready. 
but, ding, fries ding, are fries. done. But, uh, but, but no, I think, I think, I think women can do, you don't have to choose. Like you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to have you. a career. Therefore, I'm not going to have babies. That's, that shouldn't be how it works. There we go. There we have it, folks. Then again, I don't have to push humans out of my body. So yeah, maybe it's one of those ones where I should shut my mouth about the whole deal. <laughs> I like that response. So you can have it both. If you, there's ways to make it work. You can do um, anything you friggin' well listen, want we to. We can do it all. Yeah. We can do it all. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, more assumptions about you. Just don't do it with that guy. Oh no. <laughs> that we heard in the recording. He he sounds like he sounds like he's a guy who would like go on a date with a girl and then get really mad if he didn't get a blowjob at the end of the night. It felt like there was repressed anger. Yeah. Just just the tone. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I, I didn't also, get that. I don't know. I didn't take screenshots of his pictures, but he he had long hair. Okay. Long curly blonde hair. And there was one picture of him sitting on the back of a pickup truck in a purple velvet suit jacket. Wow. So he's a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a catch. A, a farmer? A wrestler, wrestler with repressed anger. <laughs> that's someone you want to introduce to mom right there. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What was his name? Was it like Rick? Spencer. Oh, Spencer. Ugh. Wow. Spencer's an old man's name. Really? I don't think so. I only know Spencer's that are like in their 80s and 90s. Hmm. More assumptions about you, though. So Sarah and I talked about this before you came over. So you hate social media. I was bang I on do. with that. Um, I'm on it, but I hate it. You're on it, but you hate And you're kind of on it because you kind of have to? Well, I feel... As a I comedian? I feel like... Uh, I mean, yeah, as in, as a comedian and mm. to communicate, I do like Twitter for news and financial news, especially. But but I uh, I mean, I use them for certain functions like that. But right. I generally hate that this is what we've come to. That's what that's yeah. how I feel about it. It's pretty shiny on an existential level. I hate it. <sighs> yeah, it's the worst. Um, the other assumption we had uh, is that based on your history in comedy, you've been doing it 20 years. Uh, we both assumed that you would be a partier, but obviously not so much anymore, right? Well, I was. You I, were. I was. I was the last guy to leave every party I ever went were to. Were you really? Yeah. And then, and then March 2020 happened, and I hit. I got to the end of my rope with Shit. drinking at the same time that the pandemic started. So I've oh, I've snap. had this very strange experience where. My sober date is March 15th, 2020. Oh, stop. Which is almost the exact date that all the shutdowns and lockdowns started. It Everyone is. started wearing masks. And it was the 13th of March, I think. That, yeah. So I spent, yeah. I spent, you know, the first portion of, of the pandemic home alone, speaking with a doctor through Skype to try to get sober and try to work through things like that and issues and and try to figure out like what I was using alcohol so much for and mm. just to get through the general addiction as well. I, I consider myself an addict of a drug. Uh, mm. and that drug was alcohol. Which is one of the worst drugs yeah. that there is. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was, I went from sort of uh, what I would consider like party comic guy yep. to pathetic drunk really. And like, I mean, I mean, I still, the thing is I, for me, I was lucky because it never, I mean, I've had bad experiences with alcohol and comedy, like on stage, you know, drank too much and I've had bad experiences that way, but it never like did that thing where it destroyed my career. Right. I wasn't someone that like drank and drove to get the gigs. I was very responsible that way. Uh, you know, I never lost, I had a writing job. I never lost that job. I never had anything that would ultimately bring me to a point where I said, I have to stop this. No, like rock the, bottoms. Yeah. I never really mm -hmm. had the quote unquote rock bottom, but for me, 
what happened was I just got to a place in my life where I didn't want to live anymore. Oh, and I didn't want to, certainly didn't want to live that way. Mm. So I got it. And that happened. Like it just came to a point at that same point in time, like I said, in March of 2020. And uh, yeah, my so my whole life completely changed as everyone else has too, though, right? Like everyone, no one's the same as they were in the before times. But like I've had this like weird experience because I got sober. Uh, so I'm almost two years sober now. So it's been really strange. But your assumption that I was a party guy was correct because I was. Yeah. And I loved it. And I don't regret any of it. I, it just unfortunately took me to a point that that wasn't fun for me anymore. So I had to stop. But you know what? So many people don't. Yeah, they don't and they die. They don't and they die. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. They don't have that moment where they go, I don't want to live. I'm not having fun anymore. So I need to stop. Well, and it, it didn't, it became not fun. That's yeah. that's the thing. If like, if it, like I would say, like, if you can do a drug, I don't care what drug it is. Mm. Uh, if you can do a drug continuously for long periods of time and it doesn't lead to an addiction and it doesn't lead to massive problems, keep doing that drug. That's incredible. Good for you. You figured it out. But people like me, unfortunately, can't do that. Mm. We just get brought to the end point. And it's like you have to make a decision. And the decision is I keep doing this and I die or I stop and I live and I try to figure something else out. So that's just what happened to me. Yeah. What was it about specifically the lockdown that triggered that? Was Nothing. it like, was it, was it being knowing that you were going to be kind of alone Nothing. in your home? Nothing no? about it. Ah. it. It just happened at the same time. Really, It's a total coincidence. That's so wild. It's a total coincidence that I got to that end point at the same time that the pandemic started. Maybe if I'm some sort of, you know, I want to look at this in some sort of strange, everything happens for a reason, bullshit type of, you know, yeah, 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 that kind of vibe. I could say that, oh, I needed that time alone to figure stuff out. Yes. But I was, I, what happened with me was, Maybe it was luck. I know that sounds crazy, but maybe the fact that when I got to that point, I couldn't go out to a bar because no bars were open. <sighs> I, you know, I couldn't go drink after shows because no shows were happening. There were no house parties. So if I really, really wanted to continue drinking, it was going to happen in my house by myself to the point where I probably wouldn't have lived through the pandemic. Do you know what I mean? So. Here I am sitting here now, like almost two years sober. Maybe I wouldn't be here if I continued to drink. And because I would have been drinking alone and God knows what would have happened to me. <sighs> Heavy, right? Congratulations. Though. Thanks. That's, Cheers. So I would like to know. So you made the choice, but you, you didn't just stay away from booze. You said that you were on, on the phone with doctors. Like, did you do therapy at that time at all or anything else that helped? I had a specific, I had a doctor specifically who was an addictions doctor. Oh, so he helped nice. people one-on-one -on -one who, no, he normally worked with uh, um, heroin addicts. No way. Yeah. And, and so, but I mean, it's all this, you apply all the same steps. Uh, right. not, not that I, I don't do, I never did a 12 step program. Not that there's anything wrong with doing a 12 step program, mm -hmm. but you apply all the same, I'll, I'll say it habits and routines to get over one drug that you would another. So you just apply it to alcohol. So, huh. uh, and he was an amazing doctor and he sort of opened my eyes to some things that no other person that I ever talked to in terms of therapist or psychologist, showed me just because he had worked with so many different addicts. Mm, uh, he's so seen it, it all. Well, and because to me, it wasn't about like I told him, like, I'm not I'm not coming to you to seek happiness. I'm not coming to you to sort of try to put some sort of puzzle together about my life. I'm coming to you to try to stop using this fucking drug. 
And so that was our goal. So we never tried to like, sure, we talked about my past and my upbringing and my emotional makeup and my relationships with people and on career and all that stuff. But it was only we only talked about it to service not using that drug. That was it. That was was the goal. Focused and totally 100 percent focused on not putting booze in my mouth. That was it. That's all I worked on. It's like a survival thing. It was really cool. It was a great experience. Best doctor I ever worked with. And and you know what? It's it worked for me. It like so far. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost two years, like I said. I don't know if I'll ever drink again. I probably would guess that I won't, but all I know is like I'm not today. That's it. Well, the thing is, you you've now spent two years with yourself without it. Right. So you've en- you've learned to enjoy life without the substance. Yeah, I've I've well, I've learned to enjoy life would be a stretch i learned to exist <laughs> right without right. this substance yeah that's fair yeah that's fair. yeah to say that i enjoy life at this moment in time <laughs> i mean there's certain things in my life right now that are amazing <laughs> but like we're living in a fucking pandemic yes. it's shit <laughs> for everybody it. it's garbage this oh. is garbage world hello gosh thank you for being honest so, so look through. i mean but but look even though we live in garbage world that shouldn't give you an excuse to say well i'm going to escape garbage world by using some drug that's going to kill me eventually. Right. So mm. for me, it was, this is going to be terrible, but it's going to be an end, an ending kind of terrible if I keep using. So I stopped. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever lose anyone close to you to alcohol? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oof. Mm-hmm. Ow. My heart. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just think cause like, uh, Andrew Vaughn, yeah. Uh, died March 2020, that fucking month and year Shitty that month, changed man. us all. Um, and he was someone who definitely, he was on the up and up in terms of taking care of himself. But like when he died, people, it was shocking because he was so young, just 36. But people went, well, he didn't take care of himself. So it kind of makes sense that he died. It's still really shocking and unexpected, but he did not, he did not take care of himself. And that for me, and I think a lot of his friends made people go like, we got to have our health. If we don't have our health, what the fuck do we have? Do you know what I mean? Like, not we gotta, much. We gotta, exactly. Right. Yeah. Not much. And you, you also just if you don't have that, you don't have the building blocks to do anything that you would want to do anyway. Right. Exactly. So, the mental so, clarity and, sh- and shit. Yeah. It's, so it just it's too bad. Like I, I knew Andrew only a little bit. We did some shows together. Um, I didn't know him super well mm-hmm. but uh you know it's true like if you don't take care of yourself if you like we're we're not guaranteed a long life no one is but if you don't take care of yourself you can certainly shorten it a lot longer than it normally would be if you did if you did the right things right and i'm not i'm not for, i'm the first guy to say like go out and drink go out and party do blow try heroin i don't care just don't just don't do it all the time and get addicted yeah, yeah. like don't and and if you love food go to mcdonald's just don't go fucking three times a week if yeah. you like ice cream <clears throat> don't get a habit eat it. just don't eat it every night you know yeah. like so so and like that's another thing too like i started to get weirdly addicted to ice cream that's a whole other story when really? i got sober yeah but i i had i needed like sugar i needed like oh, something yeah. Yeah, yeah so so then then it's like you you start to understand like oh th- these are like comfort things yeah. so you start You're to soothing yourself yeah you start to associate uh, substances and things with comfort and you start to see where the psychological ties are. So you could probably use the same skills to quit alcohol. You could use to quit ice cream too. Right. So, Oh, it's so true. Yeah. I am. Um, do you, do you think that some people just have an addictive personality? Like you hear that phrase all the time. I don't, or I do have an addictive personality. 
Like I, 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 I sorry, sorry to cut you off. Uh, it can, there's certain aspects of it that are, are hereditary. Yeah. Um, but huh. for me, any, any person alive that has the biological makeup of a human being that uses an addictive substance often will get addicted to it. So that's why I always say like, be very careful about the frequency frequency of, of the drug of your choice that you use it. Be really careful of that because the more you use it, the more likely you're going to become addicted to it. And not even likely, you're almost guaranteed to become addicted to it because it's an addictive substance and you're a biological human. So Truth. it's just going to happen. Truth. I think of honestly, like weed, I, I feel like a lot of people do smoke weed every single day and need it to get through their day and yet they go i'm not addicted to it though they might be habitually addicted to it maybe it's not yeah. a physical addiction but it's 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 like, a habit like I, every morning i get up one of the first things i do after i brush my teeth and sort of get myself together is i have coffee right right it's your every, ritual every single day of my life does that mean i'm addicted to coffee Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or is it a habitual thing? Because if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't feel right. I would probably feel agitated. I'd probably feel like, oh, I want that. I mm -hmm. want that thing mm -hmm. that I do. Where's yeah. that thing? I'm getting mad. I, I feel annoyed. You know, that's that's a very that's a that's how it feels to be an addict. When you when the thing you want is taken away from you, you feel agitated. Sometimes you get sick. You get angry. You, you know, you feel like something's been taken away from you. That's these are like the hallmarks of addiction. Right. So some people are addicted. We said to their phones, if you take the kid's phone away, who's 15 or 16, they start freaking losing their minds. Their right? head they're going will just nuts. explode. Yeah. They're having tantrums because they're addicted to it. Yeah. It's something in their routine, their sure. daily life that's been thrown off. And they go, I don't know how to exist without this. Sure. I don't know how to be without this thing. Or I'm not my best self without this thing. Sure. So I had to relearn, in my experience, I had to relearn how to live a human life without alcohol in it. Was that challenge? Like, was it challenging? What was the biggest challenge with that? Because I, I with comedy, so much of comedy is that post-show hangout. Have some drinks after the show. So was that challenging for you, like getting back into comedy and like having to navigate the soberness? It was because I did associate comedy with what you just said. So I had so much of it. I just had to remove that other part. So the com comedy to me now just has to be about the comedy, the writing, the performing. I can see people and say hello, but I got to go home. So right. I just have to leave because right. I'm not that other part of it isn't part of my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. I don't like comics or like hanging around or, around or, or talking to people. I just can't do that anymore because that's not part of my life anymore right. the part that that now is replaced by me going for a walk or going home or watching a show or watching a right. movie or working on something or playing guitar like so ah, so that yeah. part of my life i have to respect mm. that that part of my life is now over mm. doesn't mean like i on occasion i might hang out you know what i mean i might I might go to a party and hang out and stuff. I, I've gone to several parties, like not a lot because it's COVID, but in those rare times that they said, things are open again. <laughs> I've gone to parties. Like I've been to a house party. I've been to a bar. I've been, you know, restaurants and stuff. I'll hang out. I just don't drink. And I'm usually the first to go as opposed to the last to go now. Mm. So that's sort of changed. So right. it's just it's just weird little adjustments like that. And you, I'm trying to get used to it, but it's difficult. Like, like imagine. Yeah. Because yeah. it is so much of the culture. Of, and it's so much of why a lot of comp comics enjoy comedy is that community 
aspect and like feeling like you connect with a group of people. And unfortunately, especially in Halifax, just so much of hanging out in Halifax involves a fucking drink. Yeah. And I, I don't even like, I'm not a sober person and I'm not a big drinker. I'm kind of just in between. Um, but I hate that. I hate that everything is, you want to grab a drink? You want to get a drink? Say yes. You and know, say yes, but then don't, don't make the drink non-alcoholic. Because like if I'm if like I, yeah. I, I still do that. I'm like, sure, I'll love to, I'd love to meet you for a drink, but it's going to be a Diet Coke or something. Right. But because it's like if that's that, still a drink, I if guess. that person only wants to share time with me on the like on the assumption that I'm going to pour poison into my face. Yeah. Then that person isn't someone I want to hang out with anyway. Isn't right. Meant to be a friend. Like, I don't give a fuck what you pour in your face. So why should you care about what I pour in my face? That's how that's how I look at it. And if someone does care, then I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah. Did you have to cut out a lot of people when this happened that you kind of realized like they're not the right people for me? I was lucky because most of my friends knew I had a bad issue anyway and were kind right. of waiting for me to get sober. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then to be entirely honest with you, that's how I picked friends anyway. I didn't pick friends based on alcohol. So no, I didn't lose. I was one of the lucky ones where I didn't lose oh, a lot of close good. friends. Um, I lost a lot of c- close friends because I moved away from Toronto. Right. I moved from Toronto to Halifax. So, but I didn't lose them. They're just not, you know they're what I mean? They're not physically with Yeah, you. they're not physically around me anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's been more difficult. That oh. The move has from Toronto to Halifax has been more difficult in terms of friends uh, not in my life than say quitting alcohol was. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so there's all kinds of these adjustments that are going on all the time, I feel like now. So I'm just kind of relearning a bunch of stuff. But good for you. That's, what a fucking decision to make to be like, I'm committing to this and I'm still going to, you might fuck up from time to time, like, but you're going to learn from it. You know, like it, was, it wasn't what? really much of a choice. It was literally like, it was literally like if you're at a fork on the road, it's like, do you see that black hole over there? <laughs> so you can walk into that hole or go down this road where you, where you can see the horizon. <laughs> That's, that, so was, really that was my choice. That yeah, yes, that was my drunk. choice. It was that bad. Yeah. Oh, but still, yeah, holy what? It really didn't there was no choice. I mean, there was a little bit of a choice, but it was life or death. A lot of people don't take the choice where you have to go to the horizon. A lot of people are like, I'm just gonna go in this black hole. So it, it Yeah, takes what's a lot. at the bottom of this hole though? <laughs> there might be something down that hole that's fun. Yeah, I don't you know? know. Well, I think let's, I think people especially people who might suffer from like really low self-esteem or depression, like they, they might go, I don't deserve to be happy. Right. Or, or it's the other thing is like, I know the road with the hole. So I'm on so that. Comfort- I'm familiar yes. with that road. I yeah. know the whole road. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like roads with holes. Like I like. That's my comfort zone. Yeah. I, love I, I, like, I like that road. And this road, there's like flowers down there. I, I can don't see. know what about are those? flowers. I've never seen flowers. You know before. what I mean? So, so it's, yeah. it's, dif- it's difficult to walk down a different path. It really is. It, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's like hard to. You know, I, I equate it to moving to a new city. It's mm. it's scary because like, but I mean, if you move to a new city, what do you got to do? Well, you got to do the same shit that you did in your old city. You got to buy a couch. You got to set, you got to buy dishes. You got to set up a life. You got to learn the neighborhood. You got to figure out where you want to get pizza. You got to figure out. You relearn everything. Yeah. You just, and it doesn't take that much time. You know what I mean? And mm. like I always say, if I had one piece of advice that I could give to anyone that would be younger, that's a comedian that's like maybe listening to this would be if you don't have anything and you're young, don't have anything in like New York. Just go there and don't have anything there and start your life there. 
because you don't have anything. So just don't have anything in a cooler place where you can <laughs> where, where you can build up a life there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, that's interesting too, because you so you you're from Pictou, um, you went to Acadia, and then so you spent some time in Alberta. I and, did Calgary, yeah. Cal- and then you spent a good chunk of your time in Toronto. 18 years in Toronto, yeah. So I'm curious to know. I mean, and now you're back in Halifax. Yes. So I feel like you've seen an array of types of comedy scenes, whether that's non-existent, too small, too... I would say, like, would you say... I would say Halifax is a small scene. It's very or small. Or medium-sized. Yeah, small. And then Toronto would be big, right? Huge. So, like, <laughs> what do you prefer? Because <laughs> right. I've only ever experienced Halifax, so I have no sweet clue... Right. What it looks like out there. What what I prefer is huge in terms of a okay. comedy scene. Yeah. But what you're asking me if what I prefer for a human life, ah. then it's a different answer. Help. That's why I'm here. Right. You're back on the East Coast. Yeah. So I'm, I moved here not for reasons of professional, my professional life. Mm. I moved here for personal reasons, right? Oh, okay. So I have to separate those two and respect that. Like I have to accept that I have to be part of a smaller comedy scene. I have to accept that there's going to be less opportunity. I have to accept that... Um, there's going to be probably, um, less, less opportunity to even get on a mic. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you, I've been like pleasantly surprised since I moved here. I've met tons of great comics, hardworking comics, funny people, great writers. I, I, Mm -hmm. like, I, I remember like texting my buddies in Toronto going, this is cool here. Like there's a seat, like I didn't know. Right. Like, and so I've been getting out there and like hitting rooms and stuff and meeting people. Uh, and, and I've been pleasantly surprised because yeah. I didn't think this, I didn't think I could pursue it as much as I have since I moved here at all when I right. came back. So this is pretty cool. Cause I was like, it's going to be way on the, on the back burner for me, but it's, it, it's not as much as I thought. It's pleasantly surprising. Yeah. And then I also came to the conclusion, like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's what you're doing too. Like, mm. like I feel like as much as. You know, as a younger person, say when I was before I when I left here and I went to Calgary, sure, maybe I should have went to New York if I wanted to do stand up. You know what I mean? In hindsight, right. that would have been the wisest decision, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And now I just think, you know, with the tools we have, you can kind of make a go at it if mm. you're if you're trying to make or create something no matter where you are. So I keep focusing on that, too. Like I have aspirations to do some TV and film stuff. Oh, yeah. I have ideas about things I want to do. I can do them here. I yeah. can. It's just going to be a little bit difficult and a different way to do them here. A different way. But you can. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. You, I always say, like, just hard work and drive goes a long fucking way. Yeah, and you just got to surround yourself with the right people. Got to surround yourself with the right people and, and, just, and just be consistent and work hard. And it can be done. I'm glad that you're liking Halifax though. Like that's Oh yeah. That's I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm Nova Scotian, right? Yeah. So like, in it's hard to describe what it's like to be a Nova Scotian too. Like it's just, it's such a specific place. It is. Like everything from, from like, like everything we, like everything we are is Nova Scotian. I know it sounds, that sounds bizarre, but it's just, uh, you don't, and you don't really understand it till you, till, I didn't get it till I left. Mm. Like, and I, like, I mean, there's elements about Nova Scotia that drive me up the wall that drive me insane. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it is. And you're just like, yeah, what are you <laughs> yeah. going to do? It, but, but we just like, accept it. We just, it's just, it's just our world, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, 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 but I, I mean, the, the, the people here are great. I, I think like this scene and this city is going to be growing more and more and more, mm. which is also exciting because mm-hmm. I feel like 
in Toronto, the scene I just left, as huge as it is, it felt toppy. It felt mm. very toppy to me. Uh, it felt like it's something that topped out. And you see that happen with different cities with different scenes. And you'll see pockets pop up. Like Austin, Texas is one that's popping up now. Yes. Uh, so to say, you know, LA's toppy now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Vancouver toppy. So, so what do you mean by toppy? Well, just, uh, it happens that scenes ebb and flow, right? You have, it, it, it's reached. It's all it's of, all the, it of that, of that particular moment can peak and then it needs to reset and come down. And usually when that happens, you'll see another market pick up. you like, so true. like, the Boston scene in America was this sort of movement that, that brought along a, a lot of standups to like, just that became really, really good, really, really fast right. in the nineties. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. And yeah. you would think like, why would, Bo why would Boston have all these great comics? Well, it was just cause the scene was really good. That's what's happening in Austin right now. Right. So like, you'll see that happen. And I think honestly, and I know I'm biased, but I think that's happening here in Halifax. It's really popping off. I mean, it was also like, fucking 2020 again like we we had the summer 2020 when comedy started coming back that summer it just exploded mm -hmm. with different rooms because people were so hungry for it we all missed it so much that we were like well we gotta make shit happen now and so people like durham and matt baker all kind of started these rooms like there was a show up go up for a while in the summer of 2020 that was every thursday and one of the show up go ups there was 25 comics on wow show, wow which is a lot for halifax maybe not toronto but yeah but for halifax it was a lot but like it really kind of set things in motion for Halifax to be really a city that has comedy every night of the week. Yeah. And I see that too. And a lot of the rooms are really good. Like, yeah. like I, I can honestly say this, like half of the rooms I would go to, to try out material in Toronto, it just was, you wouldn't get a good read you because it would be mostly comics. Yeah. Right. And the people in Toronto are, they're, they're just, uh, exposed to so much right so they've, they've been exposed to so much stuff that to go in on a tuesday say try a bunch of material and then to start, try to bring that to a club on the weekend you're not going to get a really good read in those kind of rooms just just because of the way they were set up too many comics people didn't give a shit uh but here i find these rooms that have been set up yeah like i just did district five the other night yeah like a really good room and yeah. got, got i got really good reads on a couple new things uh, Barely's has turned into like a really good room. Uh, I did the Oasis, which is also a really good room to get a read on. Yeah. Although like it's a it's a real dive. Athlete. Like it's <laughs> yes. like I was saying, like I when I went back and I did it, I was like, oh, my God, like this is not, this. I watched WrestleMania four in here. It hasn't changed. <laughs> like this is crazy. The urinal's the same. Like what happened? What is going on? It really on? is. It really hasn't changed. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. total, you know, it's a piece of shit place, but you can get a good read on the comedy night there. Yes. And, and you know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, oh, on, on Monday at Gus's. Gus's same yeah. thing. My yeah. favorite place. Gus's is tough. It's a tough room oh but, you, boy. but you can get a feel right that's all i'm saying if you if you want to get a feel for stand-up these are good rooms to do it in you'll get a, you, it feels what it really should feel like to do stand-up yeah. and a lot of rooms in toronto uh and i'm sure there's some here you don't what you don't want is a cliquey feeling you don't want to feel like you're there just with your friends and your pals and you're there just like you know, blowing smoke up each other's ass and patting each other on the back. Mm. That's not what this is. That's not how you're going to get a feel or, or improve as a comedian. Thank you. You really yes. need, you really need to get into these rooms that, 
will will feel like honest and and these those rooms i just mentioned are are great rooms um and the new club on Argyle Street, same yes. thing. That's a that's a great comedy club. And Isn't it awesome? And, yeah. and I'm telling you that that if that club post COVID is packed and taken care of properly, which it already is being, but obviously in a COVID environment, it's tough to really get it rolling. Yeah. But when that when that gets rolling, that's going to be one of the best comedy clubs in this country. I'm dead serious. Woo! Ding that bell for me. Boom. Um, I had Rise my podcast live show there right before the world went to shut, and it was truly like so magical it's just i i really do think that shows especially comedy needs to be underground there's something about going underground literally like you're going down the stairs like it feels like a different world because like you're literally underground <laughs> I, I i i tend to agree it's like yeah. jazz right if you go to a jazz club you want it to be a little dingy a little dingy dark yeah like yeah. I, like doing comedy in broad daylight to me it just feels weird <laughs> I agree. Or outside. It's outside. terrible. Outside. Yeah. We had the I You don't, don't want know. to perform in a fucking gazebo, you know? Were you I performed at a yacht the... club once and it was not fun. Oh yeah. I was she... like, oh the God, boat club, me that's out of here. right. Were you around in the summer for the the shows on the commons? Uh there they, was... they were happening. I just never took I I just don't for me, like I just don't have a desire to do that. I don't yeah. see the point. It's strange. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to piss on anyone's parade. If you want to go out there and hit those, and maybe it's good. Maybe mm. people had fun times doing it. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I like, it's like uh, that's why I don't do comedy on Zoom. Because for me, what I like and what how I feel about what this should be, that's not part of it for me. Mm. And anyone that's doing it on Zoom, and there's some guys that are doing it very successfully, friends of mine even. Yeah, good for them. I just can't do it I, I i don't know why it i just can't feels do like it. yeah there's something about um actually doing it on a stage in a place that's set up for a show that is it's almost like more respectful to the art if that right. makes sense like because you're you're bringing people in who know what they're getting into mm -hmm. i guess Zoom, i've watched a couple of virtual comedy shows and it's bizarre to to watch it's strange you'll notice like so many people just turn off their cameras because they feel weird. It's weird for someone to see your reaction while you're like on the coach at home. And you know what I mean? In well, your pajamas. Well, look, it's hard. It's hard to feel connected when I'm talking to my mom on FaceTime. Yeah. That's my mom. <laughs> and yet I have this there's this weird divide. I'm like, what is it like this? It's just so to, like a bunch of strangers that I don't know on a Zoom. I'm like, it's not even a bunch a, of names and squares on a screen. Yeah. You can do it. You can set up the show. You can, you know, do yeah. Bell Canada's Christmas party on Zoom and they'll give you a couple grand or whatever. And there's 40 people on your screen. You can do the 45 minutes and get through it. But no one's having a good time. No. <laughs> and, even if they, and even if they say they are, they're lying through their fucking teeth. It's so strange. I host... It's very strange and it's terrible and it should stop. <laughs> yes. I have to agree. Yeah. It's but it won't stop so because there's money. Like people, are, you know, if, if honestly, like, like yeah. if you're if it's the pandemic and you get a phone call from your agent and you know, you're not making any money that month. And they say this, this there's 500 bucks for a zoom show. You're going to say yes, because that's the way it is. Right. Cause you got to pay the bills. That's the way it is. I I was in a very fortunate position because I had a writing job before I left Toronto that nice. I didn't have to do any zoom shows. So maybe I should shut my mouth on the whole topic because <laughs> I can't, but I can't, I, I can't fault anyone for no. wanting to do it because they need the cash. But at just, just at least admit that it hurts your fucking soul on that the low, on the, like uh, like you know it's 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 ripping you apart and you're doing it for 500 bucks that's all i'm saying yeah it's it's destroying who you are as a man or as a lady or as a person 
It's yeah. destroying you inside. You'll never be the same, but you got the 500 it's bucks. It's the call center job of comedy shows. It's even Soul worse than sucking. that. Yeah. Soul sucking. Yeah. Um, I have a what's wrong with you segment. I don't know. Did you want to tackle that? Is there anything that like you're like, are you someone with depression? Do you have like, <laughs> I think we all have mental illness at this point. What's your trauma? What's, what's, your, what's your trauma? No, but like we talked with a sober journey and stuff like that. So I imagine a lot of um, self-reflection came into play with that. I think Did that, you discover I, anything about yourself? That, I think that applies. Like what's wrong with you would be, <laughs> we covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> I feel with like the we kind of covered it. But like, but I, I, I have had, uh, like I, I have and do have anxiety issues. Ah, um, there, there um, is. Yeah. But but I mean, a lot of what I went through in the past two years has helped a lot with that. And not drinking has helped with that. And adjusting my diet has helped with that. And working out has helped with that. And being honest with myself has helped with that. And Damn. honest with other people has helped with that. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, so like a lot of the stuff that I needed to get through uh, to, you know, to stop drinking has just, that's been like a, like, like just a, an effect that I didn't even know would happen. I wow. mean, I obviously knew that drinking was, was not good for my mental makeup, but just a lot of other stuff just started to click anyway. Mm. Um, so, so that, that's, that's helped as well. Question for yeah. you about the anxiety thing. Cause anxiety sure. is one of those ones that I go, it's so different in everybody. Yeah. So Sarah is very open about having anxiety. I got diagnosed randomly with generalized anxiety disorder mm -hmm. when I was getting was diagnosed for random, ADHD. Though was it random? I I had never seen my I had never saw myself as an anxious person. But when I went through this two hour assessment, they were like, "Yeah, you have generalized anxiety." Um, but I was never socially anxious. I'm not a germaphobe. Like I just my anxiety comes from. I think I'm going to get hit by a car when I walk outside. I catastrophize. Like Does it I, stop you from walking? No. Then, you know what I mean? Then good. Exactly, right? Yeah. So how did Then it's it, not so bad, Sarah. <laughs> I, I know. But if it stops you from going outside and walking, then then it's then we're on a whole other level, exactly. right? Exactly. That's why I never thought I had it, right. right? Because it was never something that was like stifling my life, mm -hmm. so to speak. So how did anxiety manifest for you? Like, what did that look like? Was it social? Or what was it? Overthinking or? Yeah, mine was uh, the best way to put it was it was acute. So mm. it was like it, it it happened with panic attacks. Oh, the yeah. Worst. Yeah. So when I, I had my first one when I was 19 and then I had a lot when I was uh, 20 and 21 uh, and I hit it. That and that was the worst thing I could have done, right? I hid it from oh, from shit. family, friends, and girlfriends, and everything. Oh, uh, so fuck. I so I did, I was the classic like suffered alone guy, you know what I mean? Suffer in silence. Suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. I was that guy. But so many so many people, especially men, too. Yeah, but I a had a, I had a nervous complete nervous breakdown when I was twenty one, uh, and my dad, who's a doctor here in Halifax, just recently retired, got me some help, uh, oh. and so I kind of got got through that portion. And then that revisited me when I was 31. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. And I needed to have more help then. And then I went on medication, which, which I took up till I was about 39. Ah, okay. Uh, and then, uh, then I self-medicated from 39 to 42 with, with alcohol, like we talked about, uh, as that became more prominent in my life. And then... Since since then, I've I've just I don't I don't take any medication or anything no anymore. No. Well, but you know what? I actually I hear that that's good because when I got medicated, I was very excited, uh, and I had a lot of people around me saying it's not permanent. You know, you're on this thing 
temporarily to get your brain in order so that you can eventually not be on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I hear that people were on things, but now they're not and like, they're good. Like that's very hopeful for me because that's why oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just a couple months into mine for the yeah, first and time. I, I have no problem. Like if I needed to go back on medication, yeah. I would, I have yeah. no problem with that. I just don't need it right now. You just don't need it right now. This yeah. is good. Yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, who knows what life will, you know, has in store for me ahead. And if something happens and I, I can't uh, deal, like I don't want to leave my house, I'll take it again. Right. And, and the, so that's, that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with medication. No, it's, there isn't. Absolutely. And I mean, to be honest with you now, there's even like a whole bunch of stuff going on with with different kinds of medication. So you're going to see like psilocybin therapy and microdosing and those kind of things are coming into play. MDMA therapy. All kinds of stuff. And so so like, I mean, there's going to be better treatments moving forward. Yeah. Uh, than the stuff I had been on, like the, like right. the decade previous. Right. Um, so, I mean, like who wants to, like if you suffer from anxiety or depression and you take a pill and all of a sudden you can't come, <laughs> I can't think of anything more depressing than that. No, so like right. I'm talking about like we're, we're going to get, we're going to get good, better treatments moving forward. So yeah. if anyone's on something, don't ever feel bad about taking something ever. Like you wouldn't feel bad no. about taking insulin if you were a diabetic. It's the exact same thing. Yes. And if someone said, Hey, your diabetes is cured. You don't have to take insulin anymore. Awesome. But you know what? Some people have to take it for the rest of their lives or whatever ailment and whatever medication you see the analogy I'm trying to make here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I, kudos to you for, for, you know what I mean? Getting, getting the help you it's, need. It's funny what you say about the, the cum thing. Cause the one that I'm on doesn't affect sex drive things, but it is actually used to treat depression and anxiety kind of at the same time. But my side effects that I got from it were the worst anxiety attacks that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> For a week straight, I had yeah. re- it actually increases your anxiety at first. Yeah, I know. I know. And then I know. It, yeah, right. Yeah. And I was literally, I have never felt so like, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm having a heart attack. Like it Did was it a week two weeks, straight. Two weeks to level out, like a couple weeks. Yeah. And yeah. Now, now I feel great. Now yeah. I feel it, if I accidentally forget to take it, I feel less energetic. Like I actually notice the positive effects of it now. But mm-hmm. that that week was like, I was just like, this is supposed to treat anxiety, not cause it. What the fuck? Yeah. It's well, very strange well, experience. For a, lot, for a lot of people too, that especially for people that are so crippled with anxiety or depression that they can't get off their couch or out of their yeah. bed, all of a sudden they take a drug that gives them the energy to get up out of bed. And maybe they're not, maybe that's why some of them just actually go through like a, a, a suicide attempt or a suicide because all of a sudden they're able to get up and, but it's not like the pill magically solves any problems you have. And so that's the thing too. Lifestyle. You've got you yeah. to be, you've got to be patient. You got to have people around you that helps you get through that like period of time. Like you said, like the first couple of weeks or whatever. The yes. other thing I'll say that helped me so much when I was 21 was diving into like, like educating myself about what anxiety is yeah. and what depression is, the origins of it, the hormones that are happening in your body. Yeah. What's what, like, what happens when you feel fear? What happens when you feel worry or depression or sadness, what's actually physically going on in your body. And then learning about emotions, about how to experience emotions without being the emotion. Yeah. Le- learning how to watch yourself, watch yourself as an emotional being, but don't become the emotion you're experiencing because they you're all like pass. You're like a third party right? viewing that. Of course. Like they yeah. all pass, right? So no matter what emotion you're experiencing, I can tell you one thing that's guaranteed, it's going to pass. It goes away. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the middle of a panic attack and it feels like 
your world is crashing in on you. Because you're going to die. Yeah. It's going to go away. It might take two minutes. It might take two hours, but it's going to go away. Sort of Same thing as if, if you're experiencing a level of euphoria and happiness. It's going to go like, away. I'm on top of the world. I'm the best. Guess what? In three minutes, it's going to go away. You're going to feel normal again. Isn't that? So yet, yet we give all this weight to negative emotions and we focus on these positive emotions. Like it's all shit. It's all going away. All of these emotions are going away. I don't care how you're feeling. So what's at the core of you? What's at the center of you? And focus on that and, and move from there. That's how I dealt with it. Yeah. God damn. I have to wrap because I have to let you go, which sucks because I've been enjoying this so much. Turned into like a psychology podcast I, as opposed to a comedy but podcast. I, that's what I geek out over. I love diving into especially people that you see in a performance be so fucking funny and performative and then sitting down and talking to them and like learning these things about people I find is like so fascinating so I really thank you for coming on if you do have a rant we could we might have time for a quick rant if you have a quick is there anything that's bugging you right now that you want to get off your chest the only thing like I I thought that I'd rant about is like one a thing that I often just I, I mean it's billionaires I just hate billionaires so much yeah. I, hate, I hate the fact that we created a society where billionaires can even exist yeah. like it's just it's just such an obvious can sign just of go failure to space. yeah just, they can just like, go to space we've messed up if someone can have this much money of the pool of hu- human money we have and then one person has this much makes absolutely no sense and i'm not one to advocate um pulling these billionaires to the town square and cutting their heads off right like i'm not i'm, I'm not going to be the one who drags them to the square I'll, but I'll, I'll be in the crowd. <laughs> I'll be watching, you know. You care enough to go watch. I'll cheer. But not to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my little rant. I, I agree. That's, yeah, it's the, the allocation of, of wealth is pretty fucked. Oh, it's crazy. And it's, it's like we're at the peak too. Like how much crazier can it get? So we're now we're, we're just like, okay, what's going to happen now? You know, like yeah. if, if, if a, if a, if a single man can have $200 billion, <sighs> this makes no sense. Like, so what happens from here? The, the, the wealth inequality is worse than during the French revolution. And that is when they literally cut people's heads off. So, you know, this <sighs> is, this is, this could be a fun sequel. <laughs> And look, hey, I'd love to come back if you ever want to talk you, about like the comedy scene and comedy experiences in the comedy business. I'd love to come back and do that too. But today we got off track and talked about our emotional makeup and addictions. But so, you so don't know what? how you much do? I loved that. <laughs> um, you're definitely coming back for sure. I want to have you back on. And if you want to come on with with somebody else too, let me know. Um, because this was excellent and like i learned so much about you that i didn't know and congratulations on two years almost two years that's right that'll be march 15th that's that's coming up you're like a little over a month away the ides of march are you gonna do something special for your two-year ice cream sober what kind lots of it probably and dawes chocolate peanut butter that's my go-to oh nice one oh my gosh Mm -hmm. well you deserve it and uh good work and like Thank you so much for doing this. This was excellent. Thanks and for having me, guys. Appreciate it. He's going to be killing it at Yuck Yucks tonight. But uh, I know we hate social media. Is there anywhere the listeners can find you? Just, Twitter, Peter Instagram? Is, Peter is funny. <laughs> Peter is funny. You'll find me. It's just so funny. To at Peter is funny. Yeah. Right onto a social media and then be like, plug your shit. Yeah. <laughs> follow him. Give him the follow. But yeah, follow this guy. If you ever get the chance to see him live, please do it because you're fucking hilarious and very smart and thank you so much for coming on thanks Sarah appreciate it
you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by The Messiness of Life. Oh, everybody's depressed. Next subject.